My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. We have a fantastic show lined up for you today. Thank you so much for joining. As I said, my name is Domini Drew. I run a business called The Art of Attraction, where I specialize in helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And as you're going to hear about in some details today, the approach that we really take to that is really less about you know, dating tips and tricks or things to try. It's really more about you helping guys see how it is that they're holding themselves back from what they want. And we are joined today by an expert in that field, Kelly Fidel, who is the CEO and founder of No Glass Ceiling. Um, and we have a, a lot of exciting, uh, exciting information that we're going to get and wisdom from her. So, Again, if you're a regular listener to the show, that you know that our focus here is really about the deeper levels, right? It's deeper than uh, actions, what you do. It's deeper even than what you think. It's really deeper than that. It's even down to what it is that you believe, you know? And we, we talk about this a lot, you know, the difference between thoughts and beliefs and how much more powerful beliefs are than thoughts, partially because, you know, they're really lodged back in the subconscious. So often... We can, we can find ourselves stuck and have no idea why. And this can be such a frustrating place. You know, a lot of the guys who, who reach out to me, they've tried, they've tried online, they've tried in person, they've tried, you know, meetups and speed datings and, you know, every sort of online crazy named website that, that you can imagine. And it really doesn't, you know, they're, they're unable to find what they want and they have no idea why. And, you know, the the ultimate reason comes down to it's not that they're doing anything wrong about 98% of the time in real life. It's that there's something going on in the subconscious that's kind of ending up sabotaging that. And so I, I reached out to um, our guest today, Kelly Fidel, who's a spectacular uh, entrepreneur, um, because, you know, even though she really specializes in working with women, you know, the it's it's really not actually gender based. In fact, it's not even dating specific. Um, it's just about self sabotage. How is it that we hold ourselves back without meaning to, leading to these frustrating situations of you know I'm I'm doing everything right or I feel as though I'm doing everything right and I'm still not getting the results. So Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Whoops, we had Kelly for a minute. We may have lost Kelly briefly. <laughs> she's she's coming back. Hang on. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Coming back all right? Oops, can you hear me? Okay, we may have a little connection issue there, so we will have her join on as soon as she can. We'll just have her... Uh, have her keep calling back as she uh, is able to do so. Sometimes we have little connection issues here. And as you guys know, I travel around and I, and I shoot the show from a lot of different locations. And so sometimes there are connection issues or there's one thing or another that's not quite working out the way we want it to. Hi, Kelly, coming through all right? Hi, can you hear me okay? Yeah, sorry about that. Not sure what happened there. Yeah, I'm good. Do you want me to call in on Skype? I can do that as well. Uh, this should work all right. Uh, we'll try the next thing if, uh, if this doesn't work out. <laughs> my, my listeners are used to my, my terrible technical inabilities. So uh, I, just, I just beg their patience from time to time. 
Awesome. Uh, but Kelly, I was just uh, bragging about you a little bit uh, to our listeners. And I just want to say thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk with us today. I'm honored, man. It's so great to be here. And thanks for having me. Um, love your audience and some cool things. We're going to have some great conversation for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, so let's start out broad. Why don't you just introduce yourself to, um, to our listeners? Um, who are you? What is it that you really specialize in? And, uh, and what brought you to, you know, what made you decide to, to work in the area where you work? Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you. So um, everybody, hey, welcome to the show. This is really fantastic and I'm honored to be here. So, you know, really, No Glass Ceiling is all about breaking through barriers and building a fearless six and seven figure empire. And while it sounds like business and money, really most of the time that re- that people come to me is for mindset yes. and breaking through these limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. right? And so I've always worked with men um, I climbed the corporate ladder and sat, uh, worked with Fortune 100. Uh, corporate America sat in those boardrooms and competed against some of the most powerful men in the world for the win and won. And it was really cool because I learned a lot of things along the way and was, you know, just really brought in under their wing uh, to navigate the world of business and really to unlock the world of mindset. And that was really where I started to learn about mindset. Um, I still work with the NFL, but I work, I do work with cool men um, and women, but you know, I would say for, for no glass ceiling, it started for me uh, when I was nine years old, I was raised by a single mom. We did not have a lot of money and uh, I wanted a pair of tennis shoes. And she said, Hey, go out, pick avocados at your aunt's house go door to door and sell them and go buy your shoes. I'm like, man, that is brilliant. I'm going to go do that. And of course I did went door to door was very curious. You know, I never liked when their dog would run up on me or something, but I'd look in and I'd be like, Oh, you know, their house is cool or Ooh, their house smells funny. And, but I, I, Dominique, I'll tell you in sales, I was like, man, selling one on one on one on one sucks. Mm. And I found a cul-de-sac with all of my quote, ideal clients, sold all the avocados, got my shoes. So Entrepreneurship at its finest. At, <laughs> at its finest, right? Yeah. And so people always ask, they say, you know, do you ever feel like you have a limiting belief or do you ever get afraid or do you ever fill in the blank? And the answer is yes, we're all human. And for me, you know, I didn't really have anything to lose. And that's a key piece that we're going to talk about a little bit later that has to do with mindset, right? It's, it's a powerful it, place, isn't it? Not having anything to lose. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and when, you know, I loved when you said we're really going to go deep on this because, you know, what inspired me with No Glass Ceiling later was climbing the corporate ladder. I saw women and men, primarily men, because I worked in the financial markets, um, struggle struggle with sales, selling, and deal-making, struggle with self-esteem and confidence issues and feel like they had to front and make it up and be someone who they weren't. I would sit in meetings and look at these guys and think, that is not the person I know. And yet when they would act different because they did not have the self-confidence or the belief system uh, of who they actually were, so felt that they had to be somebody else, it actually was the 180 reverse and backfired most of the time where they, they actually appeared to be far more, far less powerful than they truly were. And that was really the beginning of no glass ceiling. And today we're in, you know, almost a hundred countries and we have thousands of, of clients and, you know, and I love it. So yeah. That is beautiful. Did you say that you worked with the NFL and still do? Yes. Yeah. I have uh, a lot of my clients that come to me are NFL players. I've worked with um, NFL players, Super Bowl players for mm, 15 years, probably. And so people are always curious and they say, what do you do when you work with NFL? And uh, it is always mindset and limiting beliefs. So when a player is working as a player, 
um, they have coaches, right? Coaches, mentors. Mm -hmm. And then if they leave the NFL or when they leave, I should say, um, then, you know, they're lost. They were a commodity in the NFL, not for long. That's what it stands for. So within three to 10 years, not so they're, long. They're either, <laughs> oh, I love that. Not for long. That's very good. <laughs> so they're, yeah. So they're either broke, bankrupt or dead within mm. three to 10 years mm. afterwards, unfortunately, wow. for many of them. And uh, this is where they get these great ideas. Sometimes they come to me too late. I've had them come to me and they want to uh, open you know, clothing stores. They've invested in cattle. They get harangued because of their money. And they go down the wrong path and then they really question themselves. And so, you know, this relates to your audience because how many times do you get into a relationship, whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship, get burned. And then, you know, a zebra is just a zebra. It's not a horse. Yeah. So that means, okay, well then every single, you know, there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with them. And that's where these limiting beliefs and these fears start to really kick in. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I love what you said there. I love it. So it comes down to, oh, you work with the NFL. Yes. What does it do? It comes down to limiting beliefs and mindset. And people go, oh. 100%. Exactly. And people go, oh, you work with men. What do men struggle with? Limiting beliefs and mindset. Oh, really? How do you find that's different from women? What do women struggle with? Limiting beliefs and mindset. It's not an amnesia. Women, <laughs> women are notorious, just in case a woman happens to listen to this. <laughs> we got a few. <laughs> so, so guys, listen, you, you, have a, you do have a bonus over women. Women uh, get, I call it amnesia. Uh, when they go to start something new or anything that they go to try, they forget any skill set, any uh, powerful uh, thing that they've ever done in their life. And they feel like they have to etch a sketch and erase any talent or awesomeness that they've ever had and start completely over. And I always scratch my head because if women would bring forward all of their power the way men do, then, you know, hey, the world would definitely be a better place. The world would definitely be a very, very, very different place. I've, I've thought that about, you know, basic empower, empowerment, which really just comes down to a level of self-love, um, which I know that everyone struggles with. Um, and I, as a woman, have, have felt, you know, struggled with for very many years. Um, and I thought, gosh, you know, if women really loved themselves, they just woke up the, one morning and decided to love themselves. Imagine how different the world would be that day, not just you know, 50 years in the future, but that actual day, how different the world would be. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, if you were to funnel everything into one particular area, it does boil down to love. And the challenge, I think, is that, um, you know, fear. So love and hate cannot live in the same place at the exact same time, right? And this is where fear comes in. So fear is an emotion. And most people don't recognize that it's an emotion just like happiness is, or, you know, any other possible emotion that you could possibly feel. And yet, not acknowledging fear does not allow the space for love. Mm. Yeah, right? by, by acknowledging, so by leaving the space for the fear, right? When you can feel it, then it's actually able to move through your system and then it's gone. It's not there anymore. That, at least that piece of it that you were just processed through is no longer there. Yeah, so try on, um, you know, our brand Pulse. I mean, we, I talk a lot about being fearless. And it's actually fear, and then the word less is all capitals, right? Mm. So fear never goes away. You're never 100% fearless because then you would be emotionless. And if you can fear less, that's by understanding where original fear comes from. So there's an amazing book by a Buddhist monk. His name is Tick Not. Han. Hmm. So um, I will give you the link later or whatever. Uh, and you can share this with your readers. So Thich Nhat Hanh, T-H-I-C-H-N-H-A-T-K-H-A-N, something like that. Okay. Hmm. And uh, he has a book called Fear and it's on original fear. And so original fear starts uh, when we are very young. 
uh, you know, in those first three to five years, how much fear happens and it's circumstances that most of us don't have any control over. And yet what happens is because we're unable to process fear and love when we're very, very young, we only begin to take the conscious mind and associate what we know. So the knowing, this is deep. You said we're going to go deep. Deep, deep is my, is my MO. Knowing, Let's do it. Right? And so the knowing gets, there is a knowledge transfer of knowing into the belief system that is not always accurate. It's only from knowing what you know. And so we start to attach some of the right things, but a lot of the wrong things. There must be something wrong with me. I only attract crazy women. You know, there must be something wrong with me. I can't seem to get my business up over 20 miles an hour. There must be something wrong with me. My kids won't talk to me uh, or they do this or that or fill in the blank. Right. And so it's the struggle of, um, if I were to say one so important piece through this whole time together, what we look for outside of us and what we struggle with outside of us is the very thing that we seek inside of us. Spot on. That's what I've found for 15 years of looking at it. It's exactly what I find over and over and over again. And that that yeah. fear, that that thing that you want more deeply than anything else, whether you've identified that or not, is on the other side of that deepest fear. Absolutely. That there's an incredibly, incredibly accurate, um, uh, uh, you know, co- cohesive correlation between between those those two things, almost as if, almost as if, you know, we sort of incarnate to have to, to, to it, and we position ourselves in a way on a psychological level, but also on a deeper spiritual level such that we have to go through, or at least mm-hmm. we're invited to continually go through these fears. And if we didn't want so badly what was on the other side, then what would be our motivation to transform, to grow? Exactly. Mm. No, 100%. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. I, I love that you found that. I've, I've really... I really found that um, a lot, and I, I love to see that that mirrored. Um, what do you yeah. find is uh, you know with with most of the people that you that you work with? What do you find that they tend to struggle with most? That's a really great question. Um, you know, there's a saying: the struggle is real, right? <laughs> and the struggle is only as real as we make it. Oh my God! Thank uh, you so much. <laughs> so great. <laughs> People say the struggle is real. I go, well, it is now. <laughs> right? That's it's an only, oversimplification, but yes. Yeah. As yeah, you decided, is moment to moment. As, mm-hmm. Yes. And life can be totally as complicated or as simple as you would like to make it. And while those words may seem like, yeah, well, you know, whatever, not in my life, I would say when you ask about struggle, um, when there is a struggle, If you were looking at a a piece of paper, right? And on the left side is where you're starting right now. And on the right side is where you want to go. And as you move from the left side of the paper to the right, and you get about halfway, this is where people may have a big struggle, a big bump, maybe something bad happened. And then they turn around and they go back to the left side Mm -hmm. instead of breaking through the glass ceiling, if you will, and go all the way to the right. I'll give you an example. Uh, 23 years ago, when I first started No Glass Ceiling, there was not personal growth, professional development. There was no Tony Robbins. You didn't go off and have a podcast and tell people about mindset. You'd be in a straitjacket. It just wasn't done. So my mom and my sister were really the only ones that knew about No Glass Ceiling. And they're like, you've got to do this. And uh, about eight months later, uh, I was eight months pregnant with my son, actually, and my mom died in my arms from cancer, mm. literally. Mm. And so I put no glass ceiling on hold and about, and I held it hostage for six years. I went out, I built lots of, you know, multi seven and eight figure businesses, did everything that most people would be considering successful, but I wasn't happy. 
because I wasn't really doing what I was called to do. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and I, I launched No Glass Ceiling again. And I reached for my cell phone, hit a tree head on doing 50, had to learn to walk again, talk again. And so what happened for me is I started to attach these devastating life experiences to No Glass Ceiling. Right. This is very important. So the struggle for me became I created a glass ceiling, real or perceived, by attaching only what I knew. Remember, we talked about the knowing Mm -hmm. to the fear, which was a false prophet. Okay, that's a false prophet. And really, it was about four years ago on my mom's birthday, January 9th. I said, that's it. Come hell or high water. I'm launching the glass ceiling and word of mouth. I did an event because I've done a lot of events, a couple thousand events. And um, in about seven months, we had 125 people in the room. I wanted it to be a small event and over $3 billion of net worth. And the crazy thing is it was mostly people that I knew. And I found out later that the reason they came is they wanted to see somebody Now, these are successful people. Mm -hmm. I I was shocked they bought a ticket and showed up. (laughs) But what I discovered is they wanted to physically be in the room and watch someone who had a dream have it come true. And Domini, that was a huge eye-opener for me because I thought, well, once you arrive, you arrive and there's no more problems. And that's certainly not the case. And so we put our life on hold. We put our passion on hold. We put love on hold because we have these false prophets, these fears and things that we attach only based on what we remember. Remember the piece of paper? So every time you go to the center of the paper, you go, "Uh uh-oh, I remember that. Every time I do X, something bad happens. Let me go back. And it's because we're constantly looking through the same lens of our life and until you change the lens that you look through which is the inner work it becomes once you do that then it becomes much easier to break through and get to the other side I love that. I hope that makes sense. I love that story so much. I can't even tell you. Yeah, everybody's liking everything on Facebook. Very, <laughs> everything is everybody's going crazy oh, on the Facebook oh. Live. Um, yeah, hey, that Facebookers. is. Yeah, hi Facebookers. Um, that is incredibly powerful. I did. I got. I got goosebumps twice throughout your story, um, and it's it's so it's such a great illustration um, of 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 how it is we we hold ourselves back. And I, as you were as you were talking and you're saying, you know, I, you started to associate that negativity with. No, starting no glass ceiling, I thought of the people who say things like, maybe it's, maybe it's just not meant to be, you know? And that was me for a long time. Like I, you know, persistence is not a core quality of mine. I had to develop that. Um, and that came with the development of, of my business. And when my business is very much my life's passion and, and while I've been doing the work for about 15 years, you know, studying and experiencing and things like that, I, I didn't start a successful business until, you know, the last couple of years. Um, I, that, was my, that was my glass ceiling very much. And one was right. because it was I wanted it more than anything else in the world. I feel very clear that I came to this planet to enjoy, you know, to teach this work, and this is what I'm here to do. And I have zero doubt in my mind that that's the case. And that itself is a very, you know, fortunate and and something I'm very grateful for to even have that clarity. But yeah, and I I did I w- I would just get to that middle of that page and be like, oh, okay, well. You know, well, if it's not easy, you know, all these myths that come up, right? Well, like, um, love, like relationships should be, not that relationships should be easy, but you know, if if it's if it's the right thing, then it should flow, right? Or the right person will find me, or all these sorts of little things we carry around in our heads that we think are our truth, but they're really these sort of prof- false prophets or what I would call images that um that we develop from these limiting limited experiences, and by definition, our experience is limited because we are only one person out of seven and a quarter billion, um. And, and yeah, and then we, and then we decide what the world is like based on that. And then we spend our time proving us, proving ourselves right. And it's, it's, I think the glass ceiling image is so great because you can see right through it, but you just, you can't get there. I just, it really resonates with me. Yeah, exactly. And I love what you said about, you know, if it's not meant to be, then it shouldn't happen. And, you know, uh, uh, I will be very bold and say that in today's world, like today in this time, um, all too many people, uh, 
I would love to see people powerfully step up into being themselves mm-hmm. instead of wimping out mm-hmm. and saying it's not meant to be. Yes. Because here's the deal, right? Anything worth having is worth fighting for. Like take a stand and fight for your own life, meaning stand on the foundation of who you are. Uh, you know, I, I call it the gift, the God infused fearless talent. I mean, whether it's spirituality mm-hmm. or any other universal realm, um, I'll just use this as an example. You know, God never said congratulations for being average. <laughs> and yet too many people operate in that MO because it's easy. And, it, you know, it's okay, except that that is where the people are. Like if that's where you are, accept it and don't complain about it and don't gripe about it. Like just accept it. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. But if you're not happy where you are, then take a stand for yourself yes. and create change within and externally. Yes. Because people are at choice, right? And that's cool. Yeah, that's actually very cool. And and I love that. I get I get um, comments sometimes saying, you know, what, what's the matter with being single? I, I, I don't, there's nothing wrong with being single. Being nothing. single is fantastic. Best years of my life have been single. <laughs> I love it. They've been fantastic. You know, it's if, if you're happy being single, then you're not the, the, the demographic. The problem is if there's something that you want that you're unable to get to, okay, great. Now, what's in your way? You know, what's, what's, and then I was yeah. absolutely that wimp. And, and, and I love that you, what you're saying about it, that, that being okay as well. I mean, there, there is something to be said for, for flow. And when, in my experience, you know, when, when I've been aligned with myself, you know, I'm not operating from an image or from a belief, I'm operating from my core. There is incredible flow. And what's quote unquote meant to be is meant to be as far as, you know, things, things happen with an incredible smoothness. You know, there was so much ease and grace came into my life in a way where there used to be a lot of struggle and and fighting because that's what I would attract everywhere. Because, well, I associated that with being alive. I just, I thought that if I let go of that, that there would be kind of a a death. Um, So that was, that was sort of the image that I carried for a long time. Um, Yeah. The flow is there, but that's not the giving up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't mean to clip your sentence. No, no. I, I love when you said, what's, what's wrong with being single? And nothing. Nothing. And what that means is that accept where you are, right? That has to do with being in flow. Uh, and if you don't want to be single, um, then it goes to what you're saying about, you know, attracting the right people. Yeah. Uh, if you find that you're constantly attracting crazies, then there's got to be some languaging or some universal truths that are happening mm-hmm. internally where that core essence of who you, not you, Domini, but like you, the yous in the Facebook world and everyone else that's going to be listening uh, is happening. There's something that is being put out there, whether it's physically, emotionally, uh, you know, just the essence of who you are being uh, is cool. People ask me all the time, you know, I want to get the seven figure. Uh, cool. You ever made six? No. Nope. Okay. You got to get to hundred thousand okay. before you All can right. get to two fifty. <laughs> you know, let's 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 get real. And it's like, oh, you know, I I I only weigh this much. And then you get on the scales and you're like, holy crap, that's not what I weigh. I really weigh this. Mm. Well, in life, with your mindset and your your life and business and everything. You have to get on the scales and find the truth. Yes, be real first. The same thing you're talking about, but denying, if you deny the fear, even if it's a fear, it's just an emotion. It's just uncomfortable. It feels, to be fair, like it will kill you. It, it will not to look at things, you know? If you're, if you're, oh, I'm just not sure what's between me and them, but you, you go through your whole life kind of in that denial place. I think that's, that's the, mm-hmm. to me, that's just, that's, you're keeping, you're actively keeping yourself in the same place. And it might take, you know, some balls to like look at something that's that's admittedly scary or something you've been afraid of, but it's it's not going to change. It's there anyway, and honestly, it's never as bad right. when you look at it as it, as it seems like it is when you're not looking. You know, that that realness yeah. has to happen. I mean, I'm not I'm not woo woo particularly, mm-hmm. but my clients tease me. They're like, "You're the most woo unwoo person that we've ever met." But I'm like <laughs> badass business. Like that is my happy place, man. Yeah. If I am doing deals and helping people build their businesses. I'm so happy. But I love what you said about the, um, you know, about fear and grow some balls and do all of that because uh, it's true. And that's going to take, take people so far. And then they have to be able to 
look at the trigger. Like, what's the trigger event? You ever had somebody that says something, you might not even know them well, and you like instantly, you're like, I don't like them, yep. or they piss me off, or she's a this, or he's a that, and we fill in the blank. That's a trigger event. That is something that happened long ago, typically in childhood. That childhood trigger came into in your 20s, your 30s, or older. And so when you get that fear, you have to ask yourself or try to be present for at least a moment and scan and say, where is that trigger? Where did I feel like I was not being heard? Right? So in relationships, I don't like it. You know, I don't like her. This pisses me off. Or I argue with somebody. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because he or she interrupts. Mm-hmm. Why is that a big deal to you? Uh, because I think it's rude. Why is it rude? And when you start to dig down, the discovery is that typically a parent wasn't around. Mother didn't listen to me enough when I was a kid. Feeling yeah. yeah, so they're yep. not feeling heard and they're feeling abandoned. And that's really where that stuff comes from. And what does that have to do with? Love and fear. Mm. You're right. It, all, it really always does boil down. When you strip it down, and we could spend a week talking about it, but You have to be able to love the fear and not fear the love. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Lots of tweetable moments. I know. I know you're so good with the quips. That's so fantastic. I love, I love, that's the kind of thing I really had to, had to learn. I was able to, to do the work and to lead people to these realizations remarkably, like weirdly early in life, but I I couldn't frame it. I couldn't market it. I couldn't speak about it really. They're like, somebody would be like, what do you do? And I was like, I, um, here, let me, let me show you, you know, what's, What's something you're struggling in your life? And and then boom, within 10 minutes, they've had a realization they hadn't had in their entire life. But who cares? You know, you you know this well, you work with entrepreneurs. I couldn't get it anywhere. I couldn't get the message out. I couldn't talk about what I did. And so that was really the learning for me around this is just how how to get it out. Who do I help? What do I do? Why should you work with me? It was was powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. No, it totally is. So I realized totally that um, we we sort of uh, glanced off or sort of dipped into and came out of rather an advanced topic uh, earlier, which um, I, I would love to go in with you um, into further with you, um, which is sort of the difference between... I'm on number seven. <laughs> You're on number seven? <laughs> I'm watching it. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so this, so this concept of of flow and and giving up for example or or what what I'm really talking about is the difference between the core quality of something or the authentic authenticity of of a, a given thing or a given um let's say something like flow like oh I'm aligned with myself things are moving I feel this is the direction I ought to go things like that versus you know giving up or you know not being able to persevere so what I often find is that there, you know in one quality there is a there's a core quality and then there's a distortion of that core quality, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, with flow, there might be like a, a positive quality of allowing or surrender, which is a great skill. People who can't surrender really, you know, can really struggle at trying to force things all the time, things like that. And then the distortion of that might be that giving up and the, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be, you know, that sort of uh, distortion of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have a specific uh, question in mind when I brought that up, but that's something that I, I work with a lot on um, I, you know, I those think two sides of the coin. I can jump. Yeah, I can jump in here. Yeah. I mean, because there is a connection between what you're talking about and, for example, building a successful business, right? And a successful business means different things to different people, whether it's a relationship or a business or whatever that is. And you talk about authentic attraction, right? And giving up versus being persistent. And I know that, for example, you know, building, if I'm jumping the gun, just jump in and tell me. Not at all. Um, but like uh, authentic attraction and building a seven-figure business, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yes. Is, you know, we can talk about that because oftentimes if you've made, if someone's made a lot of mistakes in, I'll just talk about building a business, right? Um, then, you know, the question is, well, do I keep going 
in persistency or do I give up? And because of previous decisions that didn't work out, okay, so everyone hear the languaging very carefully on this. Because of previous decisions that didn't work out, based on the information that you had in the moment, you made a decision and it didn't work out, people instantly judge themselves with making a poor decision. Hmm. Therefore, they're hesitant to be persistent and go forward. And so they give up. For fear that they might be going the wrong direction. Absolutely. Hmm. Love it. Now, that, that's a totally different lens to look at, right? So you have to say, all right, uh, you know, am I historically getting um, a speeding ticket on this one street because I'm doing 85? All right. I could probably buy into that's probably a poor decision that you can't keep your foot off the gas. And, you know, you're barreling down the toll road at 85, 90 if you don't get caught. Uh, is that a poor decision? I don't know. Yes, no, maybe so. Who cares? We don't need to attach a label to it. Mm-hmm. Just know that each decision point is only that. It's just a decision. It's no different than deciding what you're going to eat for lunch. Oh, I love that. Make a decision, mm-hmm. live with it, mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. You ever try to change the past? Good luck with that. Yeah. And so people get caught up in, you know, what what is judgment or right and wrong and really it's about um it's about the contrary it's about making a decision based on the information that you have today and moving forward so what does that have to do with authentic attraction and seven-figure empire everything Everything. i mean there are core pieces (laughs) success foundations understanding sales marketing target audiences pain points problems you know i always say uh, in the most, you know, I always say with love, quite candidly, if you can't put your stiletto on the, the ideal client's throat and understand their pain point, you need to go back to the drawing board and understand where they're at, right? Mm. And so, from a, again, with love, right? That you Like, I really want it to be super clear in the mind's eye that we, we in business have to understand the solution that we bring to the table for people who are in pain. That's what that that harsh statement, if you will, says is understand the person that you're serving. And likewise, in a relationship, understand who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, if you want to attach a label so that you can be completely transparent, Mm -hmm. authentic, and attract the right people. If you don't like hiking, but you see this hot girl or guy or significant other or Whatever the right, I've been married for 25 years, so I don't know the exact <laughs> single language. She's like, what are I'm kids calling it these friend. days? What's, what's happening out there? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, um, I usually just say SO because like, I don't care if they're married, they're single, they're in a same-sex relationship, they're, you know, a purple with green spots. Like, I don't know what the protocol Some is. Some stunning human. want people to be happy. Yeah. yeah, just like whatever, single, married, whatever. So, you know, building, whether you're building a seven-figure empire or you're building a relationship uh, or you're just building the best life as a single, a man, I mean, the, everybody's going to struggle at some point. The level of struggle is up to you. Mm. I love that. Can you say that again? That's so good. Uh, I hope so, because I don't remember exactly what I said. Um, I think, you know, everybody's going to struggle, right? Life is definitely not perfect. It has, it, it has its perfect moments and it has its ups and downs. Uh, but the level of struggle is up to you. The more drama, judgment that's added into the mix, um, you know, the, the muddier the water is going to be. Yeah. And then you're not looking through a lens. You know, it's like clear as muddy water. Well, how clear is that? And so it doesn't matter what, they're, what you're building. If you can just start to relax into life. Look, I'm what, probably one of the most intense people. I've, I've sold over a billion dollars in sales. The largest single deal I ever did was $1 billion separately with Goldman Sachs. I'm super intense. I'm not the little, like... I'm just not the little girl kind of 
thing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm super intense. So, you know, when I go full tilt, uh, I realize my potential for struggle is huge. And I just kind of say, F it, I'm going to the wall on this deal because like, that's what I want to do. And I live a part of my life like that. And in other parts of my life, you know, with my, my husband and my kids and the dog and friends, it's different. Right. And so, you know, there are different levels of struggle. There's different elements of the way we live life. There's different anxieties. There's different everything. And if you try to make it all the same, it'd be very boring. This is a sound of me writing down a mental note uh, to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> note to well, self. Well, you have time because I'm probably a little older than you, girl. So yeah. Yeah. There well, it gives me it gives me something to start for, and I, I feel as though I'm I'm in those 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 early stages of exactly that that journey because you know the way that you reach people and the level on which you reach people is very much what is what is called to me. Um, you know, I think it would be yeah. a lot easier to run a business where I, just like you said, you, you know, starting out when you were young, uh, you know, or do an hour session and we talk about some things and we see how you feel about how you felt about your mother when you were young and you go back, you know, feeling a little better and, and having done a little bit of work. And for me, it's like, no, 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 this is what the globe needs, according to the world of Domini. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I you know, I want to big scale it. It's, I've been like that since I, you know, since I was a kid also rather intense, um, hence the, you know, sort of going deep immediately and not, and, and I tell my clients right away, I tell them on the, on the, um, strategy session call that I do with them before they sign up with me and say, you know, this isn't about tips and tricks. You know, if you if your difficulty is in talking to women, I'm not going to tell you what to say to women because, you know, your, your problem isn't actually about talking to women, right? If you were completely confident and had no fear, as you said, if you, if you feared less, then you'd be able to yeah. walk up to a woman, totally forget the line that I told you and say, oh, well, I was going to come up here and have a fantastic line and sweep you off your feet, but it seems to have gone right out of your head. So, you know, what you drinking, you know, or whatever, you know, some, but it would come off as right. sort of fun, confident, eat with ease. And that's incredibly attractive. Um, and and it has nothing to do, you know, where where the where you're identifying the problem is not necessarily, you know, where it is. Yep. Yeah. I agree. That's pretty powerful. Um so so let's stop. so let's get your um input, if you will, on on sort of the area in which I work. So I, I specialize in working with single men. Um often they struggle with anxiety and uh approach anxiety a lot. And honestly, those negative relationship patterns which you um so organically brought up earlier where you're attracting mm-hmm. crazy people. Um uh, I work with a lot of guys who have, have those patterns of repeatedly attracting these these women who are wrong for them, these women who are kind of crazy. Um, if you if you had one thing that you could tell to, to my clients, what would that be? Um, I I would say that anxiety is uh, normal, uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to choose to live with it every day. Mm. Anxiety comes from fear. And so if you can buckle the two together and honor that it's there, it's when, it's when you constantly are like, I'm not going to address the anxiety or you let it overtake you that what's happening is anxiety is the, the baby teeny child of fear, right? Fear is the mothership. Mm-hmm. And so uh, understand that there's a reason for it. There's nothing wrong with you, right? The anxiety is coming from the fear. And where is the fear coming from? Poor decisions? No, you've made amazing decisions, perfect decisions, exactly what you were supposed to do with the information that you had in that moment. Mm -hmm. Anxiety to talk with somebody, to get in a relationship because you're being, you feel burned um, or any negative relationship patterns. Those are all stemming from the brain. Okay. So the brain recognizes patterns in what's called rule of three. So anything that happens in threes becomes a pattern. All right. So let, so for example, a little marketing tip uh, when creating any type of company or products, 
no glass ceiling is using the rule of three, three words. Um, uh, Kelly Fidel International, one of our products. Ultimate Sales Edge, one of our products. Small Event Mastery. Think of Internal Revenue Service, the CIA, right? So there's this rule of three. So to bring it back, well, what does that have to do with negative relationship patterns? If you've grown up in any kind of a negative relationship that you had nothing to do with, uh, perhaps parents fought and you don't want that. And yet there is a masculine or a feminine energy that's creating a repeat pattern of what you've grown up with, then that pattern needs to be broken and Dominique can certainly help you with that. If there is a negative relationship pattern as a conscious adult, then you need to go back and look at what's the trigger event and what do you need to do to change it. Most importantly is get clear on what you do want, right? Well, I don't want a crazy bitch. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's (laughs) easy to say. What do you really want for yourself? Mm I want peace. I want to go hiking. I want, to, I hope I was okay to say a bad word. Yeah, but, no, I swear um, all down know, the show. All right, cool. I'm trying to behave myself. Um, you know, it, <laughs> you know, I want to, you know, go out on a boat. I want to go to the desert. Like, you know, those are just things that you do or hobbies or, you know, you only like tacos, but she only likes sushi and you hate sushi. Like, whatever, you have to compromise, but you have to break the negative relationship pattern. And that happens internally and with mindset. Um, You know, look, I'll give you the biggest piece of advice that I could possibly share with your audience. Please. Oh, in fact, that happens to be like, what's the one thing, right? Um, Ask yourself this. What's the worst possible thing that could happen? And if it's not life-threatening, stop whining and live your life. What's the worst possible thing that could happen? Heartbreak. Mm. Rejection. Bad date. Mm-hmm. Rejection, which is fear-based. Mm-hmm. Yep. But really, what's the worst possible thing that could happen? You lose a loved one or you pass away yourself. Mm. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, even a boatload of taxes is not going to put you six feet under. So relax on some of these things and work on, on who, on yourself, right? On who you're being and what's triggering it. I love that. That actually uh, just came up a little while ago. I do uh, group coaching calls with my with my clients and had someone who's in exactly in that situation and was petrified by the, the fear of rejection. And I asked him that exact question. Um, I said, what is, what is the worst thing that can happen? And he said, she's going to, you know, laugh at me and, and walk away. And so we sort of, you know, let him sort of feel the pain of that. And then when he was sort of through the emotional aspects, obviously that wasn't about the present, it was about the past. I sort of went, you know, it, so let's say that you walk up to a woman you find beautiful and she, you know, you say, hi, I find you incredibly beautiful or, you know, however it is you approach her in a very, you know, open way. And she laughs at you and mm-hmm. turns and walks away. Is that the woman that you wanted to date? <laughs> is no, that, is that it, your right. dream woman? So <laughs> Who wants her? And in that moment, <laughs> I, I love this, right? Because, uh, you know, hi, I think you're absolutely incredibly beautiful. She laughs and walks away. Instead of coming from a place of fear, which also generates hate, Mm. if you can actually hold the space of when she's walking away and in your mind say, I still believe you are even beautiful as you walk away and I send all good things and love your way and then turn around and walk away Mm -hmm. because that is giving yourself love. Does it, because she walks away. Do you then turn around and go, you crazy bitch? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. If you think she's authentically beautiful, then say it. And say it without so attachment. The only time I laughed and walked away was when some dude was ridiculously drunk, could hardly stand up and walked up with a drink and said, you're beautiful, which I don't even think that was the word that came out. Probably not. And I couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> I appreciate out, that, but know? probably like, not. Oh, it's not too much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, you know. Let me, give you my, let me give you my bar stool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. honey, honey, why don't you have a seat? Thank you. Why don't you have a seat? You're yeah, 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 not, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. not looking so great. Let me get this guy a- 
get this guy a drink. You know, but I'm serious. No, that's real. It's real. It is. And so is the the cruelty of women sometimes in those situations. Yes. Um, which is which is women, why I just women are like, vicious. Oh, vicious. Vicious creatures. Um, yes. you know, and, and, and when I, when I see that happen, you know, a, a man going, you know, in an appropriate, of course, and respectful way, you know, approaching a woman because he's interested in her saying, ugh, you got to be kidding me. It's like, oof. But, but I but got to this client where she said, you know, is this the woman she wants? Like if, if she laughs and walks away, my first reaction would be, whew, save myself some time on that one. You know, if you're right. in the process of working and, through that rejection issue, of course, the example that you gave so beautifully was is when you're finally actually genuinely over it and you're able to, then there's right. no reaction that's created. It's like, oh, okay, that didn't work. But still, beautiful woman. You know, when it's truly not about that anymore, that that ultimate mm-hmm. forgiveness, which is really the the acceptance, you know, a uh, full acceptance of of what's what's there. Yeah, hundred percent. And men, stay in your power. Uh, I love men. I, I actually prefer my natural tendency is to work with men. Mm. And so it, it was very difficult. It took me two years to transition. I still work with men, but I have a, I had to transition into working with women, understanding their languaging. How, how alien is this? Uh, understanding what really makes women tick because no glass ceiling was about helping women and cool men. And so, um, you know, most women do not understand how men are hardwired. Yep, I'd say that's true. And so they misunderstand and expect the communication to be the same. And it's 100% not. Mm. I was, I, do I have time for a quick example? Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. I'll give a really, I'll give a quick example. So I, I give this example to my NFL players. It's like, guys, you're sitting around with all your buddies. There's eight of you. You're all watching football and everybody's leaning forward or sitting back. But if you're leaning forward, your elbows are on your knees, your hands are clasped between your legs and you're watching football and you may say a bad word or call an audible or shout something out or you idiot or, you know, that was a reverse or whatever. (laughs) And then you go back and you watch the game quietly. Women get together. You put eight women together at lunch. They're all talking at the same time. Everyone feels heard. No one feels like they're interrupting. Their heads are on a swivel and they're engaging in eight different conversations at the same time. And that's totally normal. You put those two groups together, there's going to be a clash. It's so true. Right? And yet I love observing that. Um, I do too. (laughs) And so, you know, women are vicious because half the time they don't understand the communication model of a man. Yes. And vice versa, I would say. Um, you know, they don't right. understand why we're right. trying to talk their air off and we don't understand why they don't want to, you know, talk about their day. And and I, I don't know if you've ever really looked into this, but um, this it's it has very clear evolutionary roots. Um you know, we're, we're sort of in, in nomadic tribes and so the the men get together in the morning and they go off to 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 hunt for for food um and it comes from the stereotype of you know the guy comes home uh, in 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 today's world and you know just wants to sit on the couch and have a beer and watch the game and the you know my, the wife wants to talk their ear off and so if you look at these sort of evolutionary uh roots so the men go off and and hunt and are communicating you know very little and do so in grunts this is the joke we have about men right they're just grunting on the thing well a grunt has a lower frequency of sound and won't scare off uh, pray. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the women are back, you know, back at the fort, strapping kids to their backs and going off and gathering and they're developing language. They're chit-chatting and they're, you know, making things and, and they're developing this more sort of sophisticated, just further along sort of um, form of communication. And then we're in today's world. It, can make, it makes perfect sense. And that's all, that was only, you know, 100,000 years ago. Nothing really shifts evolutionarily in that amount of time. It takes a very, very, very long time. So we're sort of on these very old evolutionary programs in this totally new world where it's difficult to, as you say, to, to, to fit them, you know? And then the women are like, oh, why are you only grunting at me? And we're sort of mocking them for that. And the one, why are the women always nagging and they're mocking us for that? And it's like, well, it makes a lot of sense. But in today's world, it's, it's kind of comes, it kind of clashes a bit. I agree. Constant clash. Yeah. Yeah, it's really quite um, 
quite fascinating to, to look. But I think if you just if you just can understand that, I mean, I when I started to mm-hmm. stop being sort of we we sort of as, as women, I think default toward toward manipulation more than men. And right. um, and you know, I, I I used to do that terribly. Um, not with, obviously totally unconsciously, but all the time anyway. Or, or that controlling, as sort of like wanting to always have your finger in what they're doing. And since I really let that go and let let you know whatever man I'm with have their space and really inhabit mm-hmm. my own body. Wow, the communication. I mean, it just you can just sit there, and I'm like you. I'm, I'm really, I'm really kind of more masculine almost in a lot of ways. Um, to where right. I, I like sitting in my own body. I like to sit in silence, or sometimes, and I also like to talk people's ear. I mean, it's sort of a balance of both. But it's um, the 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 connection um, with the men, particularly that mm-hmm. I would be dating when I understood that was hugely shifted. And, and that is also dominated because you're hugely enlightened. You have a very high level of consciousness. So you do not attach judgment um, to, you know, from what I, what I know of you and how you operate and do life. You don't attach a lot of judgment into things and people that come into your space. And that's super huge, right? The rules of engagement for you are very different than for I'm certain a lot of your clients are other people and, you know, enter a powerful woman with no boundaries in the bedroom mm-hmm. and a man that is a little uncomfortable. What happens is, uh Oh, the rules of engagement have changed. Mm-hmm. I feel a power shift and the choice is either up level communicate or, uh, add a negative writer to it and get, you know, this defense mechanism, which again, boils back to fear. I'm not going to be good enough. She's not going to think I'm a man, you know, enter in the fill in the blank spot. So I love what you teach and what you do. I think it's wicked cool. I feel exact same way about yours. I'm just, I'm totally blown away. I've been, you know, the more I researched you, the more um, amazed I really was by your work. Um, And on that note, can we, um, where can people go to, to find you? Um, Who's your, um, you know, who's your ideal, ideal client, if you would like to say, and, and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So, um, my ideal, thank you for that. So you can reach me on Facebook at Kelly Fidel. Uh, you can go to kellyfidel.com or no glass no glass We have a lot of free training, free memberships and some really cool things. We do an annual event that is spectacular in the fall every single year. Um, and so, you know, you're welcome to go there. I work with women and cool men that want to break through barriers and build a fearless six or seven figure empire. I also separately work with women and cool men who are looking to unleash their human potential and eradicate fear. So take their life to the next level. Um, You know, I just, I just absolutely am honored to be here with you. And uh, yeah. And I hope I hope that helped them. I have a couple of book recommendations. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, please. So there, it, I, you can maybe put this below or write this down. The first book is called Fear. The second book is called The Art of Communicating. Both are by Thich Nhat Hanh. So it's T-H-I-C-H, and like Nancy, H-A-T, and then Han H-A-N-H. And then the third book is... Cahill Gibron's The Prophet. So The Prophet by Cahill, K-A-H-I-L Gibron, G-I-B-R-A-N. First read that book about 25 years ago. Amazing book. I still go back and reference it. I think I read that um, one in college. Yeah, yeah. It sounds familiar. It's, um, what's cool is that it's a very deep book. So when you read it originally, you're like, oh yeah, this is like really far out there. I can't even, like this dude was definitely smoking something far behind far before his time. And then you read it later and you're like, oh, it totally makes sense now. <laughs> it's amazing. I love that. And I love that you can go so, back over the yeah. same material and and get a whole new level of of knowing and meaning from it. Yeah. Well, we evolve, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you clear one layer and then you, you know, read the same sentence again. And without that issue that you had there before, you're you're literally seeing the world differently. I mean, sometimes I think that people must hear me speak and go, oh, you know, sort of like self-helpy stuff or I don't know why that's even really a negative term. Of course, self-help is fantastic. But, um, you know, it's sort of, oh, it's 
these sort of almost trite things. It's like, this is, this is what changes your life when you, it's not about just feeling better or knowing more, or, I mean, this is like, it's, it's, I mean, for me, it was a physical change, even physical, psychological, spiritual, mental, emotional, this shifts you, this changes your world um, Mm -hmm. in a way that's, that's completely, that's completely remarkable. I just love it. Yep. Well, beautiful. Well, thank it. you so much, Kelly, for joining us. I am just completely inspired. And I think I'm going to sign up for your program. So look out for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And well, we'll go ahead and... Thank you for and, uh, having me. It's such an honor. Mm. Absolutely. No, I just said it's such an honor. Thank you. Absolutely. It's absolutely my pleasure. And we'll post the um, the uh, links that you have up on our Facebook Live. And so if you guys want to check out check me out on Facebook at Domini Drew Coaching, that's D-O-M-I-N-E-Y-D-R-E-W Coaching on Facebook. And you can find me at DominiDrew.com and we'll have uh, Kelly's information there. And you're welcome to look it up. And I, th- I think if you're if you're smart, you'll be hiring this chick shortly. thank you so much Kelly appreciate it you got it all right that is the end of our show today thank you guys so much for joining us we will see you next week have a great week take care everyone Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.